This is a homebrew podcast. Carl! Carl! Somebody's driving the ship! What? Somebody stole the ship! What do you mean? What's going on? There's somebody driving the ship! I'll handle it. Oh, jeez. What's going on? Someone broke into the ship. Somebody's driving the ship? Yeah! I guess somebody stole the ship. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, we could go talk to him, right? Like, let's shoot him. Hold, hold on. You don't need to just shoot everybody. There's so many people on this ship now. I, it's hard to keep track. Might be somebody that's already invited here. I've never seen him before. Hey, what are you guys arguing about out here? Somebody hijacked the ding dang ship. Yeah, we're going to shoot him. Hmm. Well, let me go check. See what's going on. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, you don't have to worry. It's no big deal. It's just one of our new crewmates. What? Why is she flying the ship? Where are they taking us? What, so the new crewmates just... They just get to fly the ship now, Grundle? Well, when they're <laughs> taking us to Ricky Rat's Spaghetti Hot <laughs> Liquor Theater, they do. Oh, oh yeah, shit. Yeah, Why'd you start with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'm going to get the linguine. I, I want the shrimp scampi. And if it's, I swear to God. Hey, come here. Come here, you little bastard. <laughs> that was my clone. They got that Moonstrider Supernova. I might get one of these super salads. What's, What's a, a super, super salad? salad? I don't know, but I'm sure it'll be good enough for me. Anyways, <laughs> welcome to the crew. Here we are. Welcome back to the homebrew. I'm your DM, Grant Milky, here with Austin Brady. Zaldwin. The god who chose to forget. Cody Smith. Carl Gauss. Just trying to figure out what's going on. John Cayley. Nivitz Pozu. I was high and I'm dead. And Tyrell Nye. Heavy arms, Oliver. I am inevitable. Somewhere, the Lathander rests. It's Maxwell-designed chaos drive ensuring that Zoros is safely everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Zoros is in one of the bays tinkering with his spider bot. It's not the best way to get around, and he certainly does not need to get his hands dirty himself. But this robotic carapace is one of his most prized possessions, destroyed and reassembled hundreds of times by hand. His head pops out from the panel, upside down, gears and bolts clatter to the ground, his ears perked and tilted forwards. Did you fucking hear that? A big, brutish goliath known only as the muscle walks by, carrying steel beams, stops and looks at him dumbfounded. Uh... Shut the, shut the fuck up. Turn that off, he shouts across the bay to a fixer who is sorting through magical artifacts and dead body parts from God's Know Who. The fixer fumbles with their music, and Zoros clatters to the ground, snatching a tablet from a nearby closer and cranks the volume. That was a special correspondent, Joey Tuves, on site at Dasaki, where we have confirmed Dasaki's light has indeed returned. How did this happen? What does this mean? Does this have anything to do with the unannounced Terran fleet presence or the apparent battle with Enders? There are more questions than answers right now, but one thing is for sure. Hope has returned. This is Skilla with UNN. Happy to be delivering good news and signing off. Zoros's jaw is wide open. He drops the tablet to the ground and darts forward, silently casting Dimension Door, a spell he can cast at will without cost due to the magic of Sardragoth, stepping through to his office. But neither Dimension nor Door bend to his will, and he slams full speed into a wall while his minion clones watch. He steps back, stunned, as his nose begins to bleed. 
He turns to see Sardragath struggling to hover near him. Eventually, it falls to the floor and begins to crumble. Zoro's eyes go wide as Sardragath's cat-like eyes begin to close. He looks down and raises his hand in an attempt to summon powerful magics stolen from the demonic tome, but they fail. Previously on the homebrew, the crew faced off with the second challenge. Life. They fought an extra-dimensional celestial being from the fundamental plane, Joy, and somehow emerged victorious, albeit three out of four of them high as fucking kites. This is going to be a little bit of a transitionary episode. Uh, I wanted to do just a tiny bit of housekeeping. One, the crew is to level 18. So they were level 16 and we're going to be skipping ahead a little bit to level 18 because of the choice to kill Sardragath. That was a whole dealio on my side and that's done. And as gods do, they have bent reality to their will somewhat and skipped ahead just a little bit. So we are level 18. I do want to tell you Just as a disclaimer, most campaigns don't go this fucking high. Most campaigns don't go to this level. And I at least haven't DM'd a campaign that's been this high level. So we're broaching into some wacky, crazy, unseen territory for myself. And I think probably the rest of the crew here as well. But we'll see. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Everybody, I guess, first thing I want to handle is after Joy is downed, there's still the two gods left, but as I remember correctly, only Gray, Oliver, and Tevian are up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Gray's up and is pretty expended as far as spell slots go. Yeah, Carl and Grundle are both out. Going and Nivets are done, so I'm actually in fairly good shape, all things considered. <laughs> all things considered. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, running, running dry on almost every secondary ability and skill. So I'm assuming that we are moving on. Is that I don't want to make that decision for you, unless Gray's like wants all the smoke. I I think I think I can see the writing on the wall here. Yeah, for a moment, Gray and Zalduin are are one being here, looking over at you. I think we're done here. I don't think I have much more fight in me. Uh, yeah, I think Oliver will just you know nod his uh his agreement and we'll you know finally let his arms pull back together out of all in mode excellent so you zaldwin have some decisions to make as far as what's going to happen with calypso and with the core and with the oasis uh just a whole lot of stuff what what are your plans so i've been talking about delivering all the denizens of Calypso to to the sojourn and I think I'm gonna go back on that I think because the sun is back on Dasaki and there's so many people there in need of reconstruction of a new chance of putting their lives back together I can't think of anybody more equipped to do that than this peaceful loving culture who will help build and help nurture and help plant trees over all of the bodies on Dasaki. I love that. Now, the people, as they as you're waking them up, so they have been in like this deep, deep, deep sleep, this deep stasis. Are they all like you? Or is there some biodiversity? Or what does that look like? 
I think that the genetics of Calypso, the genetic kind of engineering of Calypso, craves biodiversity. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's like all sorts of beings that are slightly mutated by the deep space radiation. So in the way that Zaldwin would normally be a tiefling and is instead this like what I've dubbed deepling, you know, there's (laughs) elves that come out that are like green and purple. There are dwarves that have like forearms and you know all sorts of kind of crazy stuff like that and they're all genetically stable but Mm -hmm. uh they they all have some sort of like deep space radiation to account for their their changes got it Zaldwin, do you speak through calypso or do you kind of take your place at the head of the oasis and its people Who's issuing these orders? Yeah, Zaldwin's going to take the helm in this uh, beside Calypso. Um, I think for a long time, Zaldwin had deified Calypso as per the way she she moved the denizens of the Oasis. And now they're kind of side by side in this moment. But it is certainly Zaldwin's voice that is speaking to everyone as they are being pulled out of their chambers. Excellent. I think that's wonderful. Dasaki indeed has a lot of rebuilding to do. Not only was there the sun going out and the evacuation attempts and the panic there, but let's remember there was a war on Dasaki also. Yeah. Yeah. There was an ender invasion. I mean, that place has seen some shit. I mean, you saved countless lives by turning that sun back on, but... Uh, absolutely a lot of needs there and I I love that I think that's excellent last question are you physically moving the oasis there and is there any public re-entering or is it just a quiet but has the oasis returned is the world going to know about that is the conspiracy theory going to be put to a close or are you kind of quietly starting over I think it would be a pretty public thing I think as the ship kind of lands on Dasaki, Zaldwin's going to be the first one out the door and step onto the planet uh, with his like mom and, and dad like right behind him and yeah, his you know friends from high school, you know like Thrala and Nix and Nito and you know all these like you know, goofy characters kind of coming out and being acclimated to a world that has a different reality than they've they've lived for a very long time. I think it's it's only appropriate that Zaldwin is there kind of escorting everybody. And then two, all of my new friends that I have, you know, been with in these past what couple months. Mm-hmm. I imagine, you know, like Oliver is there and, you know, Carl, Grundle, you know, the whole crew, everybody. Goy, Nivitz, even Tevian, my first follower. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of followers, uh, do you mind if I live broadcast this whole thing? I think it's only appropriate that you be the first one on the scene. I mean, you are literally standing on ground zero. All right. Well, I'll keep it classy. Yeah. No, no weird black. Ricky Rat Spaghetti Hut and Liquor Theater ads playing in the borders. 
Yeah, no endorsements on this event. Okay, I, I okay, I agree. Okay, all right, I, I appreciate that. So implications here, I think, are you know, and I want to talk about this more from the top level, right? Like you guys can pitch in, but I mean, the Oasis didn't disappear that long ago, and. That probably solves a lot of questions for a lot of people. There are probably still, you know what I mean, children who are missing their parents who have never gotten any closure from the Oasis disappearing suddenly. There are probably insurance carriers who have been trying desperately to reach the Oasis about its extended warranty. Oh, God. (laughs) There's all sorts of implications on that and Dasaki being turned back on. So, I mean, this is going to take a little bit of time just for all of this to kind of take place. So we're probably skipping ahead two weeks at this point. The one thing I would mention is there's a lot of Enders who have been taken like prisoner from the war there. And you would be aware of this as you're visiting. I imagine you would see Grunhild. I imagine that you would have some interaction with the people there. You're fairly well known at this point. There are a lot of Enders who are coming back to society. There are a lot of Enders who are regaining their senses. The sun being turned back on would really, really combat that deep despair that Exile is able to spread, uh, specifically the Usurper and Gemdegron when he was around. Those whispers of nothing mattering, of, you know, this concept that the Enders were just only supposed to kill and take and kill and take. I think that there's a lot of people jumping ship and coming back and regretting the things that they've done, things they've taken part of. That magic is not as strong as it was. And that's going to be something that will have to be dealt with as there are a lot of people who were completely under the influence of exile, of the violence, who are freed from that with the light of Tasaki shining. So that puts us at day 107. Before we start talking about some of these powers that you guys have unlocked, anything you guys are doing during those two weeks, I do want to kind of hand wave the drug addiction because you have a druid, you have Mr. Goy. Of course. As long as he's willing to just pump greater restorations into everybody. Um, it's not as much of a threat. Apparently, you can do as much drugs as you want if you're a high-level spellcaster. Hell yeah. Yeah! I mean, <laughs> I thought that was obvious. <laughs> That's why I became a no. doctor. Anything you guys want to handle? I love the I love the Oasis, and I love the Carl's livestream. Um, hmm. I have to bring in something a little cheeky here. Yeah. In true polymorph... It says that when you're turning a object into a creature, mm-hmm. you, uh, wait, where is it? Hold on one second. True Polymorph's got a chunky description. That does. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of coming out of left field, too. Like we were all talking about some pretty normal stuff, and now it's like, when you polymorph an item when you, when into you a polymorph. creature. Yeah. Uh, I, I do you want to turn an object. Let's pause. We'll get to the god stuff in a second. Yeah. Is there anything well, this, you guys want to do? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. This is gr- this is just gray. Gray okay. now has true polymorph. Okay. It says I can turn uh, like creatures into objects. Uh huh. 
the creature's stats become that of the object. The creature has no memory of its time spent in this form. Can I make magic objects this way? You're going to make people into magic items? That's <laughs> fucked up. Um, <laughs> well, I'm thinking of I love like, it. turning, I love turning it. rats into like plus three rapiers. Holy <laughs> <laughs> shit. Uh, so the hey, only... Sal, come here real quick. The only thing that can become permanent, so the spell ends after an hour, unless you're using creature into creature, then the spell can become permanent. It has a potential to become permanent. Oh, uh, where does it say it's only creature into creature? So if you split it up, there are three rule sets. True polymorph, everyone. Welcome to the actual play part of our actual play podcast. Yeah. Yo. There are three parts of true polymorph. There's creature into creature, there's object into creature, and there's creature into object. Nope, sorry. You're right. I'm wrong. Now that I am, I've broken it up into three bits, The there's actually four parts of the spell. There's the permanence, then there's creature into creature, then object into creature, then creature into object. So, yeah, I, can you turn it into a magical object, though? Where are the rules of the object that you can turn it into? What... Objects can you create with true polymorph? I think I would allow something a little rule breaky here, Zaldwin, because technically, no, it can't be a magical object. You transform the creature into a different creature, the creature into a non magical object, or the object into a creature. It is in the very first part of the spell. Oh, creature into a non magical object. Okay. But if you want to get fucking weird, I would let you, if you cast a ninth level true polymorph and use the, uh, if you want to, I would allow you to, with the powers inside of the group and being changed as you are, this true polymorph, I think it would, I would allow you to turn the spawning stone into a magical item. Oh. Oh, shit. I think that that's not, that's not rules as written at me, nerds. But I do think if you wanted to, I like it because your change, it's kind of true polymorph adjacent and I'd rather not deal with you guys committing any major war crimes. So if you want to make that into something super cool, I'd be down. Okay, I'll I'll have to think about that. And that's my like, is that my once per year thing or is that just... That would be a, Gray's, a, Gray, a use of true polymorph from Grey. Okay. I'll, I'll need to marinate on that. Uh, ninth level spells are strong. Yeah. And are spawning still. Right. The cost is high. That's technically a legendary fucking, like, god yeah. level artifact. It's evil as fuck, oh. but it still is. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll get, get creative there. Damn. So let's talk about the god stuff. Um, there are 14 days that are occurring while but the Oasis what? situation gets cleared up. And... You know, news is kind of settling in. People are discussing what might have happened. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Do you guys want to hop into your powers that have kind of been awakened in you? Discuss those amongst yourselves. Maybe share with the group or share with the listeners what powers you have uncovered as these aspects of these ancient fundamental forces have been awakened that change hit away for you. I'd like to yeah. uh, talk through those a little bit. During those two weeks, yeah, I did want to say that Tevian has already started broadcasting and attempting to start the cult of the four horsemen of the new pantheon <laughs> and is proclaiming 
that the new gods of our universe are among us. Carl, do you allow <laughs> Tevin to have a segment on your show? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, fuck it. He has to be a yeah. call-in. He has to be a call-in. <laughs> oh, I'm on the same ship. Carl has some, like, Joe Rogan standards. He's like, it's not me. <laughs> I mean, it's oh not. Oh, my God. I'm just a man of the people. I'm just. You can make up me out of mind, it. ladies and gentlemen. Right. Is this guy a research. crazy crackpot? I mean, I, 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 I do. I think I am one of these four horsemen that he is talking about. <laughs> I don't I'm know. I'm literally that sitting here out. with a new god I don't of creation. Know what that's going on. <laughs> He's being a humble man. He has the power to. I create feel like the grung. The cosmos. The grung love the Sunday school uh, Tevian show. <laughs> you get a ton of calls. They're like, hey, put that Tevian guy back on. I, we weren't done worshiping. <laughs> God. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I am now uh, the, the the prophet of the second coming. The 36th coming? <laughs> 36, yeah. The holy number 36. The coming. Uh, tell yeah. us a little bit about your powers, Nivets, and if you do anything with them during this time, and what kind of fundamental force you are. Nivitz is now the fundamental force of life. Very upset with the person who is creation. It irritates him so much that he spent his whole life trying to, you know, like all this time trying to create stars, and then he doesn't even have that god power. He is livid and brings it up every chance he gets when he sees that person. I won't say who it is until they reveal it. Um, but for his first power, you can cast the awaken spell with no component, no components, and components. cast time become components. 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 <laughs> this is Nivitz we're talking about. <laughs> and the cast time you. becomes ten minutes instead of eight hours. That's actually really dope. And I'm. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> That plant that Mr. Goy has, and Nivitz has brought it oh to my life. God, that poor little plant. It's now a living sentient thing. Oh, it wakes up screaming. So many come out of me. Oh, God. And then. I feel like I've birthed the universe. <laughs> I have birthed a god. Uh, do you want us to each do one part, or do you want us to go through all three of ours? Um, you can summarize yours, or you can I'm read them. I don't care. Uh, and you can say whatever you want to, and you guys can discuss amongst yourselves. You know what I mean? As you would yeah. over these next couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, do you do, just want to go part of what we do, or just summarize? What do you guys do? Them all, do? baby. Do them run, all. Run, run all through right. it, baby. I don't have any special Bloody. requests for you to awaken any of my shit right now, so. <laughs> can you awaken my butt cheek? <laughs> I'm going to awaken your visor. <laughs> Don't. Uh, once per year, you can ex- uh, change the environment of an existing planet. You can state the specifics of this terraforming and how quickly it occurs. This can include things like the amount of water, hostility or friendliness towards life, uh, climate, weather, and dominant life forms, so on. Okay, so how many death planets are going to exist in the universe now that Nivitz has the propensity to create death, death planets? planets planets death planets supposed to be places you know they're yeah you know like deaths in warhammer 
where it's like so like insanely hidden as pitiful like human life almost can't live there because the beasts and monsters and flora and fauna are all like super duper deadly <laughs> are there gonna be goliath like planets of just, just goliath oh, women but they're bigger <laughs> but they're bigger you choose the dominant life welcome to campaign two life is a horny trickster <laughs> <laughs> that is the kaleidosphere that is the horny world <laughs> Uh, and then final part of the power is once a year you can make a seed that will spawn life around it you choose the conditions oh under which it spawns Why I life it like that? what type of life it spawns the range at which it spawns life up to 8,000 miles and the rate at which the spawning occurs you intuitively know if there's enough essence to support life you've created you're creating and that's generated by time and change this seed is a magical artifact, and it's one foot by one foot. And that is life. That is Nivets. All I imagined was just, like, Nivets furiously masturbating, looking over his shoulder, and he goes, God I am the father of all life! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I imagine Nivets jerking off into the primordial ooze. You know what? You guys are <laughs> saying this stuff. Now life. I'm gonna create, terraform multiple planets, and create multiple new species that are gonna be like the Grum. And we're going to have to deal with them. No, they all have Nivitz's face, though. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, oh, giraffes and shit walking just, around with Nivitz's face. I was just face. like, there's there's, <laughs> there's fish in an ocean just swimming around. And, like, you just, like, it looks like a normal fish. And it turns towards you. And there's just we've, Nivitz's we've face. We've done it. Blub, blub. We've invented time travel. Let's go back and see what life was like in the very beginning. It's just Nimitz jacking Nimitz. off into the fucking dirt. Dude, okay. Somebody hum the Jurassic Park theme for me. It's like... And now picture a brontosaurus with Nivitz's face lifting out of the water. It just like rears back on its haunches and it's like... Hmm. Yep. Hmm. Love it. Yeah, this cra- it. That crazy bastard, he did it. <laughs> that crazy bastard. crazy bastard, he did it. Okay, before we talk into any talk about any plans or anything that is being done in the immediate with this, let's jump over to creation and our uh, little creator himself, Carl Gauss. Uh, sure. First on the list is pretty interesting. I got some questions, I guess. Although okay. maybe some of it's been answered by our little discussion that we just had. You can okay. take at least 10 minutes to conjure up an inanimate object in your hand or on the ground in an unoccupied space that you can see within 10 feet of you. This object can be no larger than 5 feet on a side per 10 minutes. It will finish operating in 24 hours. If you spend longer than 10 minutes channeling this, you cannot cast spells and have disadvantage on all attacks until you're finished with a long rest. While channeling, you do not need to sleep, eat, drink, or breathe. So first, I was going to ask, can I make magic items with it? No. Okay. Second, I was going to ask... I mean, you could make a can, fucking Death Star, but you can't make, like, magic. That's what I was going to ask next. What are the limits of the technology that I can use? Like, can I invent new things with this? I mean, it would have to actually work, right? Sure. Like, you can't be like, this is a milk-powered Death Star that shoots Cheerios. <laughs> like, it has to be right, something right, right. that would, like, hypothetically... Why work. not? Whoa, TJ, sure. We just got a shot at TJ's dick. But, like, given enough time, I could make, like, a fucking Dyson Sphere. Or something like a Death Star. Yeah. 
Okay. As long as it would like hypothetically work in a sci-fi world in like kind of the space that we've, it's like, you know the rules of this universe, right? Like there yeah. can be spaceships and there you can be make boating fucking, like, Halo gates. Yeah, there's there's the big I giant mean, the gates, uh, the, warp gates. I mean, the gates we, yeah, the gates we use are technology from sure. a dead race. We don't even know how to make those right now, right? Right, so, that's yeah, the like, kind of technology the, I was like, 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 obviously I don't know how that stuff works and stuff like that, but like, is there, like, could I, mean, I make could one now. of those gates? Yes. Okay. I mean, it would take you a while, but yeah. Right. Could okay. he make a lost temple? Yeah, sure. That's insane. Well, I mean, actually, I actually think I know exactly think how they've... I would go about doing that with this next yeah. power. Once a year, you, uh, I can create how a How do you fucking planar. think there became lost fucking... Sorry. Yeah. This is, how, in the this is how you created... This is how the four of you created this whole plane. This is how yeah, you did it. Whole... Yeah. So yeah. once a year, I can create a demi-planar space uh, of an area of one cubic mile. Or I can <laughs> add to that space, you know, of one cubic mile. And I can determine how, like, entry and exit to this space kind of works. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, at the moment, I'm kind of thinking we build one and we have an entrance here on the lock, right? And then you just walk in. It's just like, hey, that's where I'm building the Death Star. And then... <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> then Carl, what's when in there? It's like, done, don't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be mad. Build the Death Star. Just a toy. And then once it's done... I can change those rules and be like, Death Star can now exit near Terra. Yeah, once a right. year. Once a year. That, yeah, that'll take some time. Right. Yeah. Obviously, I think I would probably do other stuff in there, but, you know, you never know. Sure. Once a year. Yeah, I mean. Here's the big one, the thing I that think... Nivitz hates, is that uh, once a year, I can create a new star <laughs> in a solar system, <laughs> like a whole solar system, like planets and stuff to go with it, and moons. So, and I get to choose all the aspects of the planets, except for the life and like the hospitality, hospitability towards life. Mm-hmm. But I intuitively know the state of the like birth of the galaxy or of the solar system at all times. I don't know how long it takes. It sounds like it takes a year or is it like instant? It's not, it's not instant. I imagine that we would discuss how long it would take based on the complexity of what you're making. Uh, but yeah, around a, a one to ten years. Like if you're making damn. something the size of Dasaki, that's going to take longer. Sure. Now, what if I wanted it to be like a solar system with Death Stars? Yeah. <laughs> sure. All of the celestial bodies are Death Stars. Yeah, and all the moons. All- Death moons, Death so Stars. Mo- little little baby Death Stars orbiting you bigger than stars. worried about Nivets and dead They're planets. categorically not moons. Cody. That's not a moon. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think that life being very specifically like carbon based and fleshback is very specifically not how I would run this campaign at all. And I hope I've been very clear that yes, metal and electronics and c- can all be just as alive as you are. So I have no problem with a universe accepting, you know, existing that is like fucking Borg cubes and so shit. So I could like make that. Cybertron where a Transformer race lives. Yeah. As badass. long as That's I create badass. the Cyber race. That's super badass. Yeah, but wouldn't you? I mean, who doesn't want that? Sure. I mean, everybody except them. Everybody except them. Yeah, you need to think about campaign too. I mean, the god of creation is a wild experimental, you know what I mean? Making 
crazy cool stuff galaxies away, you know what I mean? Just to look at it, just to behold it. Like, why do gods do what they do? Like, why are you doing I mean, that? You know what I mean? Unfortunately, yeah, with Carl being behind the helm, I mean, you're, that's probably what you're going to get. You're that's push what the I'm saying. That that's, the, that's the interesting part of it. People are always like, why? And the question is, because I can, or the answer. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's uh, what you do is what we're here to discover. Uh, but for now, before we get too far into planning, tell me about death. We're going to bring it down for a little bit here now. Okay, everybody. Oh, <laughs> slow it down. Can I make a death a star solar system? <laughs> um, Could I? So Oliver is now the fundamental god of death. Um, big surprise. Um, <laughs> uh, my first ability is I can choose when a creature reaches zero HP whether or not it can ever be brought back to life. So resurrected, reincarnated, or brought back by any other means. Even clones will not be viable and will fail after 1d30 days if I choose that they can never be brought back. This extends into simulations that have real life inside of them. So you can't hide from me in a computer, can't hide from me anywhere. Once you're gone, you're gone. If I deem it so super dark. <laughs> My second ability is actually super fucking cool. I can destroy one magical object a year with no restrictions on the object's power level. I must concentrate on it for one minute and remain in physical contact with it for the duration of the concentration. So, fucking anything. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I can just make an, any magical object like Sargagoth go bye-bye. And then, once a decade... I can shape the rules of passage of mortal souls in the prime existence. Currently, all resurrection magic and wish spells do not exist, and all essence reincarnates 100 to 1,000 years after a living being dies. There is no afterlife. So effectively, I can decide how life, how the transition into death works in the galaxy, whether people can be brought back from the brink and if there is if any a place that they go once they die um so yeah pretty um insane implications to changing of entire game mechanics in grant's universe which i thought was pretty intense especially after playing in i think this is the fourth campaign now where grant has restricted or completely taken resurrection magic completely out of his game and he's basically just given me the reins to be able to just put that in there now Them's the digs. Yeah. Now we just have to find out why you did away with that in the first place. Austin. Yes. You are the god of change. I'm the god of change. Um, sit your $5 ass down before I make change. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, as for my first ability, uh, I can use the reincarnate spell at will, but the creature has no memory of their past life whatsoever. My second power is I get a use of true polymorph with no cost once per year. This can target any number of creatures I can see and is immediately permanent. And then my last ability is I get to use the wish spell once per year. Uh, There's no gold cost component, but there will always be a cost to balance out the change. Uh, And it has nothing to do with how carefully I word the spell. Uh, Because Grant knows me and knows that (laughs) I will write a 10-page document 
outlining <laughs> our contract when I cast the witch spell. <laughs> yep. I added that last line for you. <laughs> your first ability is literally, you're literally a ghost from Destiny 2. You just yes. can fucking sprout people up and be like, okay, guardian, let's go. <laughs> They're like, what? Who am I? And you're like, don't worry about yeah. it. Let's go to the city. Which I'm trying to find, like, the point. Oh, my gosh. They I mean, these people don't remember like, their past I'm, lives, but their their personality traits and drives. Like, I, I'm super into this because this is literally what happens in Destiny. But ghosts resurrect people, yeah. usually with powerful... In life, they had powerful drives and motives and heart or, you know, certain driving traits of their core, like, person. And so when they resurrect, obviously, they don't know who they are. They have no memory of their former lives. But there are these core things that still drive them that still in, like, like you know, if they were, like, a Nivitz type who was like, I'm going to save the universe by making a son. They'll have, like, this driving urge in their heart to, like, create, and build, and do things still. So there's okay. like, I don't know, right. heroes across the universe from the past and future that you could bring back and s- give them a second chance at like changing the universe, I guess. That's just my thing. The wording, within 10 days. the wording is a little different too with like, yeah. with the death ability. When I say it reincarnates, I'm more talking about like traditionally, like it is reborn, right? There is a new life somewhere else that uses that magical energy. You're using the literal spell reincarnate, which like would be a, they come back to life as a adult of the current age. You know what I mean? But like a different. Mm -hmm. Of the same level too? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's not going to be them, right? They're going to not have any memory of you. It's going to be. Yeah so on and so forth but it they will but all their potential is still there but That's all their potential saying. is still there we got any high level corpses and we have to just frantically be like oh oh uh, you're our friend oh uh, we're fighting this thing uh <laughs> go get him <laughs> existential screaming hey i know this is a this is a chunky episode guys and maybe i think some people will love the fuck out of it being here for the actual play and i know some people here for the drama are probably going to skip over it and that's just okay hey everyone has things that they enjoy and this is just something that happens in a DD game i do want to spend the rest of this episode we've got a few more minutes are you doing anything do you want to discuss anything amongst yourselves you the four of you plotted with this before i think you'll note the main component missing from a lot of your power is what time uh, if you had the ability to make changes as far as time went, you would obviously be a ton more powerful than you are now. Are you doing anything? What are you doing? What do you guys want to talk about with each other? Let's let's get that figured out unless, well, there's not really any unless. You tell me if we're just moving on like normal. Uh, hmm. So, uh, Carl, are you creating anything during the time? If not, Navitz is definitely going to ask Carl to create different materials or objects so he can cast spells. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we're able to work on the hawk while it's, you know, in motion, or if we can just, like, park it on the... Well, we're flying We're flying in the Oasis, right? Yeah. Park it on the Oasis and just get to work on it there. Like, in the cargo bay? Because I was going to, like, remodel the hawk big time. Okay. Yeah, we'll say it's parked then. Dope. Shit. I mean, Tevian's fucking 
spreading the gospel every chance he gets. That's pretty much what he does. <laughs> Cleans weapons. If we get off the ship, he's telling people. If we or anywhere where there's people, he's like on a fucking box, doomsaying. <laughs> <laughs> I think Oliver would probably keep to his room for the most part during this time. Not like when he when he comes out for dinner stuff, he's he doesn't seem sad or like withdrawn. I think he's spending a lot of time in thought and really trying to like absorb what the fuck just happened to us. This was excessively profound to him. So I don't think he fucking knows how to handle it yet. So he's more quiet mm-hmm. than usual and probably stays in his room more for a little while. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. He just got a lot of stuff just came down, down on us. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. It's like everyone's like, yeah, life creation. I'm like, wow, I am responsible for every dead soul in the universe. That's cool. We're all responsible for a lot. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. Mine's just more icky. Yeah. Well, that's how you look at it. Exactly. That's what he's coming to terms with. Yeah. Hmm. Like, what is the kind of turn where you're like, your personality has been like, I'm protecting life. I'm no, I'm not like, kill, kill, kill anymore. And then it, you're, you're death. <laughs> right. Yeesh. I think Zaldwin is uh, on top of like setting up like conferences, like uh, doing like televised kind of things with Carl about the population of the Oasis and getting them, you know, set back on track has kind of fallen into this like ambassador role Mm -hmm. um, for the Oasis and is like almost like talking with some politicians who are flying back to Dasaki after they, they fled on, you know, their luxury ships and shit. And is feeling very like fish out of water uh, because Zaldwin is not a politician. Um, are we, as a group, are we gonna let them know the universe know we brought back the sun, or are we just leaving that in the mysteries? I think Tevian's telling people that. I don't think. Okay, so I... Tevian is already because <laughs> I have, it will I... be less believable to the majority of the population if you let Tevian be the one saying it. I will say that. Well, if Tevian's telling people that, well, then it kind of has a, an idea, and he might try to tell the others and but mostly uh, i mean you're the second most unreliable person to have people tell what also so yeah i mean you're <laughs> like one rung above tevian and crazy you're super famous for throwing acid on a kid so <laughs> they're like isn't that the guy i did he it throw the acid on I'm the kid i'm pretty sure he threw acid on a kid threw it near <laughs> the kid history remembers history remembers history what you remembers. did bro people don't forget the, 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 that that lady threw acid on her hus- her husband. That wasn't me. But anywho, uh, Nivitz has an idea. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special caller. This is the child that was mutilated by Nivitz Ozu. <laughs> he was not mutilated. He was threatened I... to be mutilated. Okay, what's your idea? Go. I love it. Uh, Nivitz is gonna well try to work with Carl and well maybe Zaldwin. You know the face of now this oasis and people coming out to light and the suns try to get a secret meeting with Terran Command. And his idea is to see if we can get them on our side as well with the promise of a possible star. You know, betray Zoros, help us out that, that whole sh- spiel. Hmm. Interesting. If that's, like, okay with the, the group of, like, he can't, I'm not doing it by myself. I was like, I'm coming forward with this idea to talk to the others, you know. 
So I would use my once a year power to make a solar system for Terran Command. Yeah, but if they need proof we can, I suggest we actually use the, the this year's on creating a sun for, what was it? The, I'm trying to think of the, that system. The second system where the sun just went out like a month ago. I don't want to speak for Carl, but I know Oliver definitely has some feelings about Terran Command, and I think Carl might have even stronger feelings. Yeah, they do kind of suck. Well, I get that. That's why it Nivitz is not doing this, like, without talking. He wanted to talk this over with everybody. It's an interesting idea if there's uh, everyone's willing to swallow that massive cock, because the general's also not under the control of Sardragoth anymore due to the death of Sardragoth. Tyrell's decision. Yeah. Right. So yeah, if you want to suck that dick, it's a very interesting idea. I'd love to play that out. I don't like that metaphor you keep using, but... I, I think <laughs> what you mean... <laughs> well, I mean, it would to... honestly be a massive I think it's more we're, 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 we're forcing them to suck our cock to get a suck. Okay. You know? sell, sell it to I Oliver. Mean, it you guys like are... It might be a 69 situation. Like, what is going on? T- team oh. meeting. Sell this to <laughs> Oliver. Oh, so Oliver, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what do you think about getting Terran Command on our side and uh, catch Zoros? What do we need Terran Command for? Well, I mean, they, they probably wouldn't hurt to have them OS. Then you know, that that that's kind of my thought process. They got some big old ships. I thought we already had a plan. Well, and then you killed a book, and we got God powers and all this shit. The things change. And Nivitz turns Salvo and looks at Alduin. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Did somebody say my name? No, we said change. Um, here, here I am. Speak of the devil and he shall appear. I just wanted to bring this proposition up, up to you guys and get your opinion. Well, <sighs> I see pros and cons. Like, it would be nice to just wipe an enemy off the plate and all that. But Terran Command, they're, they're pretty shitty. And if they had a whole galaxy instead of their little shit stations that they have it it would probably be a little worse everything's got a cost but maybe better for the population right it'd be more space they'd be less cramped for what population terrans you telling me terran command not gonna turn around and just trade one genocide for another okay well uh, i see your point i mean i I just wanted to bring it up. It seems like you're pretty well against it. The others are on the fence, so we don't have to go with that plan. It was just an option. Oh. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just, just throwing out ideas. Uh, it was a good idea. Does it have to include a solar system? Could it just be a star? Give the solar system a star back? I mean, you could entail what's inside the solar system that you're creating, so I guess why not just create a star in an already made solar system? I think change would have to be the one to do that to bring life to a current solar system. I do think you could make them a new hospitable planet that looked just like theirs creation. But I think the only one who could make their solar system viable again would be change. With a wish spell? Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. I see, I see. But I mean, you could find an empty space or create a space and give them, you know what I mean, a one to one copy. If you wanted yeah. to. Just a one star with one Earth and one moon. No Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter. Who Saturn. needs them? Right? <laughs> no, I demand two planets. One's Earth 
And one's Pluto, because Pluto's going to be a planet this time. <laughs> and one's called Planet Grundle. Right, three planets. <sighs> I like how Carl, what if, what if Carl spent all this time strategizing and then went to do it and couldn't do it because Grundle had made Planet Grundle <laughs> already in the background. <laughs> oh, Is there I'm anything you guys want to do? I mean, outside of total hawk renovation, where we go from this shit junk plates to like top tier material hull plating and, you know, you know, instead of like shitty copper wires that Billy dug out of the trash, we can upgrade everything to like, you know, platinum and fiber optics and, you know, just get top tier materials going. So the hawk is looking great. Literally repair all the scavenge spots off of the ship. But still doesn't move as fast as it did with Billy's engine modifications. Yeah, I leave that. Some of that. I fix some of it. I'm like, I see what Billy was going for, but the technology that he was, like, trying to craft didn't even really exist. I can perfect it with my power. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Go around fixing the consoles like Billy ripped stuff out of to fix the <laughs> to work on the engine. Office jerry-rigged systems get fixed up. Like I said, some of them are probably fine and they don't need worked on. They don't need fixed, quote-unquote. They were altered. But uh, some things I think could be enhanced with theoretical god-level 3D printing. Absolutely. All of it, probably. Anything else you guys are doing? If I can't make magic items... I was going to say, I want to make my little demi-plane your space, but until it's, you know, Death Star, Dyson Sphere time, I think I'll wait for now to make that. Doesn't seem like it would be too hard to do when I'm ready for it. Okay. So if anyone is ever curious how Eberron and, like, the the Modrons came into being and all of that whole, like, plane of, like, all this, like, technology and flying eyeballs around, this is how that happened. Yeah. Unfortunately. I love it. This is why I have my ability. So you can kill those Modron things when they finally <laughs> so, show up. So every time Cody makes something that's fucking bullshit that could destroy the universe, I just walk up and be like, nah, dude, and I just destroy it. <laughs> Not this one. Try again, man. You create the plane, it's all, I'll see the life on him. That's essentially what's happened 35 times, right? Do you? Austin, are you doing anything with the, with the wish spell that I need to prepare for? Or are you saving that? You wishing something? Uh, I think I'm saving it. It's it's really hard for me to. I don't know. I I'm saving it. I'm saving it. I had my money on you had thought of a crazy ass fucking wish spell <laughs> over the break, and we're like just ready to bust it out. <laughs> yeah, I was like ready to take notes. Well, the fact that like whatever I wish for, there's an equal and opposite reaction fucking here yeah. has got me like monkey pod onto Grant. Yeah, dude. I'm just like don't know what will happen. It says it has nothing to do with how you carefully word it. I mean, doesn't that reassure you? Yeah, it, it doesn't matter how carefully you word it, you're still fucked. Yeah, you're fucking <laughs> Not necessarily. It just balances. That doesn't necessarily mean a negative effect. Uh, I'm waiting until the grung do their job. Let's just say that. You're going to wish that the grung weren't grung. I will say, if Grant, if you're expecting like a one sentence thing for this whole mortal existence thing, I have a, it's robust. I'm like doing research. This is going to be a thing. Like I took it very seriously. I love it. Welcome to Hades. Starting to craft some races. Yeah, there's going to be, this is going to be 
This is going to be tiered. I'm, I'm pulling all my favorite things from every fucking edition of D&D I've ever played. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I'm hoping I get lots of stuff like that from you guys. Okay, well, if there's no wishes to be wished or creations to be created or true polymorphs to be polymorphed or seeds to be spawned from Nivets oh. jerking off into the primordial ooze. Uh, well, Nivets, I guess I didn't ask. Are you doing anything? Uh, at the moment, it seems like Zaldwin chose to migrate everybody to Dasaki, so he's... I was actually prepared to, like, create life starting on a planet for the Oasis people, but... I mean, you, you know? could still do it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Here's something we should consider. As we fly into Dasaki and we get close, and, you know, we've all discussed these powers, and we're like, you know, hold off on that for now, Nivitz. Is Lothal still in orbit of Dasaki? Do they need a terraforming now that they don't have that moon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a big thing, because they have a sun now, but they had two moons that were a binary moon. And Lothal was a very important mood for the food production aspect. It was basically the whole thing was making food because there were so many people. Um, and Lothal was going to be pulled onto the surface of... Dasaki. 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 And you... And then we convinced them not to do that. We also knew the dreamers were going to fucking take it away. You convinced them not to do that. So... They said, fuck it, we won't do that. We're just going to leave then. Yeah, long term, it will still need some type of solution to keep it in orbit because of the the slow hurtling away. So the dreamers were tugging it every time it came around. <laughs> um, so the dreamers left but didn't take the moon with them? No. Wow. Not in this I world. I thought they were taking the moon and everything. No, they did not take the moon. Their, their tower would be gone and they would be gone. Good. Okay. But that does that does bring kind of the original problem that they were there to solve is that it is slowly detaching from the gravitational pull of Dasaki. Hmm. Space chain. Right. I mean, they solved that problem before, so it's not unovercomable. They also have, sadly, to be morbid here, but a lot less people to feed than they had before. Wow. Well, it's just the truth. So I'm sure that they can come up with some type of way to channel this mat uh, you know maybe they can solve it maybe they can't you know what i mean but it's not like an immediate issue it's like a it's like a climate change issue right like well it'll it'll only take one, they've got one year to to free ball it before we can cast these shits again <laughs> you could just cast it now I'm free free moon and <laughs> If you wish that uh, it stayed in orbit, I wouldn't, like, launch the rest of the planet into the sun or anything. Like, I'm not going to. <laughs> That's an opposite it's, reaction. No, it's not. It's just no, going to be a balance thing. No, it's not. It's <laughs> fucking a bunch of sadists, right? Like, no matter what it's going to make, something horrible happen. Somebody else's moon gets... Uh, a million people starve on another planet. You people... Uh, God. I have been, this isn't been a shitty so... horror film. I have been so like uh, raw fair to you guys I don't deserve this treatment 
I'm just scared of you. I don't know you why. You also said you, we got to be very careful with these powers because there's very real consequences. And, and so it's well, like, yeah, that's be really true. careful. Don't want to use a me. wish spell to do this because you're going to do something else because of it. I'm just, I'm just like legitimately scared of being monkey pod. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think there's... I think that... It's if you try to pull bullshit prizes out of the wish bag, you're going to get bullshit results in equal and opposite measure. And if you make productive wishes that aren't trying to break the game, you probably get equal and opposite measure of, you know, normal shit happening in response. I think they can they, they can probably like with the help of the people from the Oasis, I think that their expertise in horticulture and their expertise in like building these this sustainable food forest that they've been on the ship for like for forever i think that the people of dasaki can kind of like learn from that at least for now if it becomes a food crisis we'll solve it but i think given the kind of like recyclability of all these bodies <laughs> on on Dasaki uh, will be very Damn. fruitful. Quite literally. Wow. I did nice. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This ground is so fertile right now. Ugh. Yeah. So fertile. X marks the spot. Gross. Well, our gods are afraid to move, and with that I think that the episode is going to come to a close. Uh, a little bit transitionary but a lot to handle and a lot to catch everyone up on players are level 18 and god powers have been reviewed we've talked about some plans and we'll see how all this plays out it's going to be a wild ride we are going to continue this tale uh next week so thank you everyone for listening if you could take a moment to go check out the homebrewpodcast.com that has links to everything that you can use to interact with the show including our Discord, which is uh, quite an excellent place, and it has been growing, and people are in there talking about all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, It is just an excellent community where people are able to talk about TTRPGs and DMing and food and pets and video games and anime. and It's just a really, really cool place, and I think I can speak for all of us at the Homebrew that we're really proud of that community and everyone who's just made it as awesome as it is that link and link to our Patreon where you can support the show and even links to our merch. Something that we do a garbage job of promoting is our merchandise that we have. We have posters, we have stickers, we have not that many shirts left, don't order a shirt. We have mugs, we have hoodies. Hoodies. Badass hoodies. I really want to see these hoodies get off of the fucking shelf because we have these amazing Heavy Arms Oliver hoodies with, like, the hood has little minotaur horns on them. We've got the, like, heavy metal Heavy Arms logo on it. It's got crit dice all down the sleeves. It is it is just a fucking awesome hoodie. And I don't know if we've even told our listeners about it. And you probably might not even know it's there. So go to the homebrewpodcast.com, click on the merch button, and check out all that awesome stuff. It's mostly art by Austin, and it's all—it's—it's really great. Go check it out. Again, that's thehomebrewpodcast.com, and we'll see you next week for episode eighty-nine of the Homebrew.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Galaxy to Galaxy, Subspace Pirate Radio. What the Enders, the PTA, and the OIT don't want you to know. Coming to you straight from the Oasis, wherever you are. Professor here. Sorry for hijacking all the normal subspace broadcast waves, but I know this information is going to be very impactful for everybody, I assure you. First, I'd like to address my listeners, and thank you for the constant support. I know some of you have called in in the past with doubts. I've said again and again, I would get to the bottom of this mystery. We would solve what happened to the Oasis. I've been trying my hardest, and I'm here now with galaxy-shattering news. We have found the Oasis. Its crew and its story are incredible. I'll just let its people tell their story, and you'll all hear it soon enough. We've been searching for answers for a long time, and more often than not, we just find more questions. But this time, this time we really did it, folks. And what we found was more than just history, or more than just the past. We found out the future. It's been a long path, and we lost some people along the way. But I promised you the truth, and the truth is, there is hope. My work here isn't done yet. I've got one last shadow to cast some light on, and if I can, I'll tell you all about it next time. If not, it's been a pleasure. We had a damn good run. This is The Professor, signing off. Thanks for listening, listeners. Our story has come to a close for the week, and that means it's time to thank our listener sponsors. Starting with Samuel Pierce, who shall forever be emblazoned upon the homebrew wall of fame as our first Crusher Mania season pass holder. Thanks for believing in us, Sam. As well as Ryan, a longtime listener. Don't forget about Tara Hoffman, that one ender who thought rolling down the window in space was safe. Uh, rest in peace, Tara. Watch out for Adrian Josie, the silent assassin who just broke out of the prison colony on Hadria. And Trevor, zombie dad, Belmont, hunter of the unholy. You're a bastard, Trevor, but you're the bastard I choose to fight alongside. Special thanks to the last guppy, last of his kind, in search of a new home. And Austin Katzenberger, the inventor of the Catburger and secret nemesis of Ricky Rat. Check out Austin's project at foldsofhonor.org. And Timon King. Previously a longtime listener of Galaxy to Galaxy Radio, who hacked their location and joined the crew. I knew I should have set up that extra firewall. Oh well. Of course, there's Colossus, a rock golem formed in nature and then lost in the stars. Hope to see you again someday, Colossus. Here's to you, Tritus, the fifth cog. Best damn warforged gunslinger this side of the Milky Way. And Odin, the egg thief. Get your damn hands off my goddamn eggs, Odin. Keep an eye out for Zip, a tiny adventurer seeking to help his parents. Good luck, little guy. And Brendan Baker, a simple slaughterer for beef. I'm sure Mr. Goy would approve. There's been another sighting of ghostly Bigfoot, Grundle's long-lost friend and fellow abomination. Gotta be more careful, big guy, or they're gonna find you one of these days. And the illustrious Kantuka Numba, a tamer of dragons and creator of musical delights. Special thanks to Ariar, the Warforged monk who joined the crew in search of their missing car keys. They're always the last place you look. Might want to watch out for Zuma, a mortal who is searching the galaxy for a cure to the disease he is cursed to spread. 
probably going to need to keep six feet or maybe six light years from this guy. Incoming SOS from Captain Joe Rogers says here he's stuck on Terra in a future beyond all comprehension. Whatever that means. Special thanks to Chaos Incarnate, Destroyer of the Multiverse, forever trapped in a frying pan. Hopefully not Grundle's frying pan. Can't forget about Den the Friend, the governor of flowers. Nap with him in the rolling fields of flowers. Experience having a true friend. Find out about our Patreon offerings at patreon.com slash the homebrew, and we'll see you next week.